The Online Marketing Show. Every day with Joseph Bushnell. Helping you to grow your online business by driving more traffic, improving conversion rates, increasing customer value, and getting things done fast. Listen, take action, make money. Hi, welcome to the Online Marketing Show. This is Joey Bushnell. Today's special guest is networking expert Rob Brown. Go to therobbrown.com to find out more. Rob, thank you very much for being with me today. Hey, Joey. Delighted to be here. Rob, could you tell us how you became an expert at networking? Well, I used to be a school teacher, and I looked at my boss's job one day and thought, you know, apart from your salary, there's nothing about your job that I want. And, uh, I don't know if your listeners have ever come across that scenario, but I decided I'd make an exit from teaching. I ended up selling private medical insurance with a big healthcare company, and part of my role was networking. I had to generate leads as well as converting the leads that the company gave me, and I went out networking, and I tell the sorry tale of, having gone in uh, over a couple of years to 126 business events and uh, spending a few thousand pounds on breakfast, lunches, dinners, and memberships, I collected 987 business cards. And, you know, I got no business. I didn't realize that at the time, because I was busy, there was always things going on. But when I look back at it, none of my business came from networking. So I resolved that I either went back to teaching, which was a fail, or I became good at networking. So I began to look at what the good networkers were doing. I thought if they could do it, then I could do it. And I looked at books, and I went to seminars, and I got around good people. And in a space of 13 months, I multiplied my income by a factor of 15. And I um, thought, well, this stuff's coachable. And I got into it. People started to ask me what I was doing. And, uh, and I began teaching them it. And when was this journey, Rob? How long ago did you get into all this? This was 2000, uh, early 2000s, 2000. Three, I incorporate my company, my training company. So what are the main benefits of networking, Rob? Why should we do it? Well, you know, there's a great saying. Uh, Martin Rutty said, it, the American guy, he said, you've got to do it by yourself, but you can't do it alone. And what he means by that is that 90% of what you do is you on your own. You're at your computer on your own. You're driving the phone calls. You're doing the driving. You're going to the meetings. You're dictating your own calendar. Uh, but you can't do it by yourself. You, we need other people. And, and I'm fond of saying that your richest resources will always be in your richest relationships. You know, the biggest deals and the smallest deals often come down to two people shaking hands. So we need networking for great prospects, great customers and clients. We need networking to find referral sources, referral partners, people that can introduce us to those. We need support. We need advice. We need encouragement. Uh, we need resources, we need suppliers, advisors, providers, you know, all of these things, where are you going to find them? You either go to the yellow pages or you, know, you ask a few friends who they know, but by and large, you're going to go out there, shake hands with people, get to know them, and they're the people that are going to help you grow your business, and that's networking. Where do you go to find people to network with? Where are the best places? Well, there's six strategies for networking, and they're really defined by where you show up. So I'll outline one or two of them. First is the face-to-face -face networking, and that's made up of, you know, the strong networking groups. You go there every week, usually breakfast clubs. You, It's referral-based. There's one of each profession. You refer internally. There's, uh, there's a strong bond made up there. And then you get more looser networking. Might be a chamber of commerce or a professional association that meet monthly. 
you know, anybody can go. You, you pay as you go. You don't become a member so much sometimes. And then you get the one-off networking events. These are your, what I call the techs, trade shows, exhibitions, conferences, seminars. You've got your black tie dinners in there. These are things that happen every year or so. Uh, you get the good and the great there that don't normally turn up for a weekly bacon sandwich, but you'll get some big hitters that will show up for those. So those are kind of face-to-face stuff. Uh, along that lines as well, you've also got the social networking, which is your golf club, your gym. You're picking up your kids from school. There's a lot of people make good contacts that way. And the final two we've got really are online networking. We might talk about that a little bit later because that's where you're really great. And we've got the, what I call the SHE's, S-H-E, self-hosted events. That's where you bring the world to you. So you host your own seminars, your own corporate hospitality. You sit down with people one-to-one and, and have your cup of coffees with them and you dictate that guest list. So, you know, there's loads of places to do it. You've just got to pick something that plays to your strengths. Rob, do you keep it uh, industry focused when you're going to events like trade shows or breakfast clubs, or is it still worth going to places that are you know very different to what we do? You know, for example, if I you know I work in online marketing, should I just stick to online marketing events, or is there still value in going to just general shows and events and you know events of other topics? Well, the best networks are, are deep and diverse, strong and broad. So. It's good to meet all different kinds of people. Now, it depends what your business development objectives are. It depends what you want from your network. And some people want to raise the profile. And for that, it might want to be in their industry, so they'll stick to their own. And some people are looking for customers, clients, prospects. So you might have to go where they're going. And that might be in a, in a world that's quite alien to you. You know, that wouldn't be normally your kind of people. But you've got to network where they are. So it depends who you want to meet, because who you want to meet, who's an ideal introduction, an ideal contact for you, that dictates where you show up and how you network. And we're starting to talk strategically about networking, because how many times, Joe, and you and I have both done this, we, we've rocked up at the wrong event, end up talking to the wrong people with the wrong conversations, and you know that's our fault. We're just not thinking it through. So you know, think about who you want to meet. Sometimes the person you at least think is useful to you could give you your next best referral so in everyone's got something to share you can help so many people if you know what you're doing the great networkers can create anything from any kind of situation talking to just about anybody okay so we're at an event and we have someone that we'd like to meet this is something that happens to me quite a lot rob that when i'm about to approach someone i can feel a little bit nervous and you know i end up talking myself out of doing it that's just you, Joey, because nobody else has that problem. <laughs> so how do you get around that if you're feeling nervous? How can we overcome it? Well, the first thing I'd say is, you know, I joke that it's just you, but it's not just you, I'm afraid. It's, it's pretty much everyone struggles with that. You know, confidence is situational. There's stuff you do, Joey, when you're doing your Facebook stuff and your social media stuff and your online marketing for your clients, you're in the zone. You're brilliant at that. And when I'm doing what I'm doing, I'm brilliant at that. And it gives me confidence. But you put most people in that alien situation of walking into a room full of dark suits, and and that can make cowards of pretty much everyone. So uh, the first thing to note is that everyone feels that way. And if you, if you look at people that look confident, they're probably quaking on the inside. So the next thing to do is is realize that where do you get confidence from? Well, confidence comes from competence. In other words, you get some knowledge inside you, you get some skills inside you. If you start to get good at something, you start to get confident with it. So the way to get over the nerves is to get some networking coaching or read some stuff. You know, I've got loads of great books on networking that could help people. And 
and a coaching program. But, you know, I'm not selling that. Just get a bit of education inside you. So, for instance, the first two minutes is critical. If there's any football fans listening, in football in parlance, it's called an early touch of the ball. It just gives you a bit of confidence. So in the first two minutes, you need to have something good happen. So scour the room, survey the room, find out where everything is, the toilets, the food, the drink, look for anybody you know. Get comfortable and familiar in those first couple of minutes. Have a few interesting hellos or a few people you know, a few waves so that you feel confident. And, you know, walk up to people and make the first move. A great opening line is, hey, do you mind if I join you? Hi, can I join you? My, my name's Rob. My name's Joey. It's pretty easy to do that because most people in there are going to be feeling the same as you. They're desperate to talk to somebody. So be proactive, make the first move, have a good early couple of minutes, and, and that will set you up for the rest of the event, hopefully. So when we're talking to them, and this is a question is made up of two questions, I guess. How do you make what you have to offer sound of value to them and also when you're listening to what they have to say how do you find out if what they have to offer you is of value to you what's your strategy on that well these are two very different issues so let's take them one by one the first is how do you become more engaging and memorable for other people you've got to realize that not everyone you meet is going to be an audience for what you're offering in other words relevance isn't for everyone that's why we've got experts that's why we've got niches so I would say your job as a network is to find out pretty quickly if, the, if there's good, a good fit between you and who you're talking to. And I have this rule of three to one that says that you should ask them three questions before they ask you one. You, you should ask what they do before they ask you what you do, because you can get much more of a feel for who you're talking to and how to give them your elevator pitch, if you like, if you've got a few questions in first. So, yeah, start to identify who you've got in front of you asking them a few good questions. There are six levels of a, of a networking conversation that starts at the small talk and finishes with getting their business card and permission to explore and follow up. So there's certain steps that you can go through. But the biggest thing you can do in, in differentiating yourself and making yourself as relevant as possible uh, is, first of all, you've got to sound different. If you sound the same as everyone else, that's not memorable and you're not making yourself relevant. And also I would say tell stories. Because if I ask you what you do, Joey, and you give me a good answer, I might buy you. But if you tell me a good story, I might sell you. I might talk about you when you're not there. Are you okay if I do that? Yeah, you can do that whenever you want, Rob. Isn't that what this is about? You want people to, to big you up when you're not there. And to do that, your job title is not going to cut it. A brief description of your benefits and your products is not going to be enough. You've got to tell stories about what you do, how you make a difference to your customers, your clients, uh, what's different about you, why people choose you. And you can bring this out with stories and examples and little testimonies and mini case studies and things like that. So sharing that kind of stuff, I call it evidence for your supremacy. When you start sharing that stuff, you increase the relevance and the interest that people have in you. So that's the first part. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. So then you've got to find out who you're talking to and, and, Good networkers ask better and different questions. You know, there's a handful of questions I try and get in that not many other people ask. For instance, I will ask people, uh, what's your particular area of expertise? What is it that you're really good at? Which is a little bit different to what do you do? Do you see the difference? Yeah. It, it's a more specific question and it gives people a chance to open up about their particular specialities. Do you find, Rob, that it gets their brain thinking as well because it's a question they've not been asked before? Yeah, too right. 
you might also ask as well, what kind of things are you working on at the moment? What's the biggest thing you're working on right now? What's the big project you've got on your plate at the moment? And that gets people passionate about work, what's really happening in the business. They might talk about an area of pain or an area of challenge or an area of growth. We need to uncover what, what I call the four P's. And, and these are pain, problems, plans, and projects. Because these four areas represent the areas of opportunity for you and for them. Where there's pain, there's, there's money. Where there's plans, there's money, there's opportunities. They need people, they need help, they need growth. So find out what's going on with people by saying, what's the biggest thing you're working on at the moment? So what's your plans for the business? Are you growing? Are you consolidating? Are you cutting back right now? How's the market? So these are good questions to really get under the skin of people. I also want to explore as well what kind of people these people know. Because although they might not be relevant to you in and of themselves, they might not be a prospect or a supplier, but they might know good people. So I might say to people, where else do you network? Where is your network strong? What kind of people do you get around? How would you describe your network? And then one more question I give you that really opens people up is a bit of a small talk question, but I often ask, what are you doing when you're not doing this? And, and you get into the personal stuff. So they might do a bit of kickboxing or a bit of yoga or something like that. And it just lets you into people's personal worlds. It creates a bit of rapport. And you find something in common there that often takes you to the next level with a relationship. How do you end the conversation so it's likely that something will come out of it? How do you end it well on a good note? Well, there's two ways to end a conversation, isn't there? There's badly and there's goodly. <laughs> You've got a person that you want to talk to again. then. You want PTE, permission to explore. And to do that, you've got to get a business card and you've got to position the follow-up call right there and then. And this is a problem a lot of people have. They say, well, you know, let's stay in touch. and But they don't talk about the call. So the very next step is you calling them up to fix up a meeting. So you position that then. So you say something like, well, it's great talking to you. And, and there's a tip right there, Joey. Say a sentence in the past tense. When you hear something like, well, it's been nice talking to you. I've enjoyed speaking with you. It's been great to meet you. What are you thinking right now? It's over? Yeah, that it's done and it's the last time that we are speaking. So it's a nice professional way to end the conversation. It's been nice talking to you. Listen, it would be great to keep in touch with you. How about I give you a call next week to fix up a cup of coffee? It's been lovely speaking to you. Um, We've obviously got some synergy here. How about I give you a call next week? Just to learn a little bit more about your business, perhaps fix up a meeting. How does that sound? And then when they say, yeah, that sounds great, you say, have you got a card? Or you say, what's the best number to get you on? And then that gets their business card if you haven't swapped them already. So position that follow-up call right there. It's been lovely talking to you. Why don't I give you a call next week just to learn a little bit more about your business, perhaps fix up a one-to-one? How does that sound? Yeah, that sounds great. Lovely. Have you got a card? Nice, easy way to finish the conversation. Now, you've got more of a problem to finish it if you're not following up. Sometimes you want to get away from someone and, and that's the end of that. You probably never see them again and they're probably feeling the same way. So you say kind of, you know, it's been nice talking to you. Um, shall we go and meet a few more people? Or shall we go and grab some food or some drink? And there's lots of other people there that you pick up and you lose them in the crowd. But it starts with that sentence, it's been great talking to you. That certainly lets them know that it's over. Do you have any tips for following up after that initial meeting on that second meeting when we call them up or we meet or whatever that second meeting was? How do we make that go well? So you've met them at a networking event. You've called them up. You've arranged a cup of coffee, a meeting, and you've decided that there's some good synergy there. You might do some work together. You're talking about that stage. Yeah. This is a crucial stage because 
There's some interesting stats from the U.S. from a, some research with insurance, which is a very tough market. And they identified that if you're networking and prospecting right, then 70% of people you talk to will want what you do. 80% of them will buy what you do within 12 months. The problem is that 90% of them will be with a different provider. So what did we learn from this? We learned that you're having good conversations, you're having the meetings, they say, yeah, that sounds great, I'm not ready to, to make a purchase yet. So what happens? You forget about them. Mm-hmm. They then decide they want to make a purchase in 3, 6, 12 months. They don't go back to your meeting. They go to the last person they spoke to that does what you do. And I call that the law of recency because you go to what's freshest in your mind or you forget. So you say to your friends, hey, do do you know anyone that's great on Facebook? And maybe they've forgotten Joey Bushnell. So you've got to stay front of mind and and keep marketing, I call it, keep in touch marketing. So you've got to stay front of mind, and that means staying connected with them, adding stuff of value that, that keeps you there in a little corner of their mind while they're deliberating on whether or not to buy so that when they need what you do, they think of you first. So some of the things you can do to stay in touch with people, you know, this regular contact and developing the relationship over time is to um, send them the odd funny email. You might send them a motivational quote. You might invite them to something because, remember, you met them at a networking event, so you know they go networking. You might share something of value, an interesting resource, a white paper, a special report, a website. You might send them a referral or introduce them to somebody uh, you might give them a competitor's brochure. You know, I saw this thought of you. It's always good to know what the competition are doing. You might send them a gift, a book, a, you know, something like that. You might meet them at other networking events because now you know where they network. You make sure you show up where they show up. You might find out who they know and, and stay connected to those people so that when those people talk to that contact you've been in touch with, your name comes up. So there's lots of ways to stay front of mind. The problem is that you can't do it with everyone. So you've got to really pick and choose who you're going to go after and who's going to be valuable to you. And have a very good contact strategy where you're organized and structured and systemized and you invest the time in the right people. So what are the biggest mistakes that you see people make when it comes to networking? And what should they do instead of what they're doing now? Goodness me, where do we start? Well, I know this question very well simply because I've made them all. (laughs) Every mistake you can think of, I've made it from talking too much about myself, to not asking them enough questions, to standing on the edge of a room waiting for someone to talk to me, to turning up at the wrong events, talking to the wrong people, to following up too quickly, too slowly, to not following up at all. Um, you know, The great thing is, Joey, that networking is like a jigsaw. There's lots of little pieces, and, and it's pretty much all coachable. Even introverts who often assume that they are the world's worst networkers they can be great networkers because introverts, uh, they talk less, they listen more. They have great coping mechanisms that allow other people to do the talking. Mm-hmm. You know, in other words, they ask great questions. And they're very systemized and organized and structured in their follow-up. They're often more ordered people than these confident, gregarious, extrovert people that can work a room well, but they're not that organized in following up. So everyone can improve their game. And you know, there is a way to network in a dark room with an internet connection, and it's called online networking. You know, you don't have to do the face-to-face stuff. You can go on LinkedIn and Facebook and Twitter, and you know about that stuff really, really well because that's your world. You know, you know how to turn somebody from a complete stranger into an avid um, advocate, if you like. You're great at that. So 
there's lots of different ways to do it. You've just got to find a way that plays to your strengths and delivers your your commercial objectives. On that note, Rob, networking online, is that any different from the offline world or is it pretty much just the same process that we're going through? Well, it's the same in that, like any network, you've got to work it. You've got to spend time on it. Uh, but unlike that, you, you don't have to do the face-to-face stuff. What we're seeing now is the networking landscape has changed. You, you can meet people online and take it offline with a cup of coffee. You can meet them offline and take it online onto an online network and converse there. You know, LinkedIn for many people and Twitter and Facebook, that's your new inbox. So the, the game has changed. We're looking for a blended approach where you do a bit of everything. It's great to see people's uh, faces and their smiles and the whites of their eyes that you can get face-to-face that you don't get just from a photograph. But also, you can reach anyone online. You can spend a very productive one hour networking online, whereas with face-to-face, you might drive an hour to get to a decent networking event, and that's just dead time. So, yeah, it is different. Often relationships are accelerated. You can get to a trust level faster, which is surprising. You can meet more people online in a shorter space of time. You can be more targeted but you, you can still master them both. They're both absolutely coachable. And I'd say to people, try and get a, a blend. But above all, get something that plays to you, your strengths, your style, your situation. And you can meet the right people in any way you want. And Rob, do you have any final tips for us that we can use to network more effectively? Well, why don't we just wrap up this whole conversation in a few tips. First of all, be strategic. Find out who you want to meet, where they are, how you're going to get to them, and... Play to your strengths in the network. And for instance, let's say you identify that you want to join a weekly breakfast group. Well, you know, if you're not a morning person, that's not a great strategy for you. Some people are better in the evenings than the mornings. Some people can't make Wednesdays. Some people have a calendar that takes them around and about. So they need a, a structure that's a bit more loose. For some people, the people that they want to meet are all over the place and they don't show up at networking events. So you've got to choose a different tactic there. So First, be more strategic. Second, ask better questions. We've talked about a few questions you can ask that makes you sound a bit different. The third is tell stories. And make what you do come to life. Say to people, well, you know, I'm a business development manager, but that might not mean anything to you. How about I give you an example of the kind of things I do that might make my job come to life a little bit for you? And most people are going to say, yeah, please do, because it's different. Uh, the fourth tip I'd give you, so what have we got? We've got be strategic, ask great questions, follow up. Uh, sorry. Tell stories. The fourth one is follow up. You know, stay in touch, stay connected, have good contact mechanisms, be really structured and disciplined with your time, know what you're doing, know who you're going after. A lot of it's in the follow up. And the final tip I give Joe is use the available technology. You know, get used to the online and offline stuff. You know, get in touch with Joey Bushnell because he'll tell you how to network online. That's where you're great. And and using all of those things, I promise you, anybody can become world-class because it doesn't take much to be world-class. There's a lot of dross out there. There's a lot of people that are not good at networking. So you only really need to raise your game 5-10% to really start getting some results and lift yourself above the crowd. Rob, thank you so much. This has been absolutely fantastic. Uh, How can we get more from you? Is there a way that uh, we can get in touch with you personally or uh, go somewhere to get more of your content and information? What do you mean, is there a way? What kind of a network would that be if there wasn't a way to get in touch with Rob Brown? <laughs> There's lots of ways, but let, let's start with a few. How about dropping onto LinkedIn and doing Rob Brown a recommendation? If you found this valuable, if it's been good content for you, um, that way you get on my 
LinkedIn profile. I think I've got about 11,000 contacts on there and, and they see your name on my profile. Uh, so LinkedIn is a great way. That's my preferred medium of choice. But you know, I'm on Twitter as well, the Rob Brown and on Facebook, the Rob Brown. But then there's a website. I'd love to share with them some of my pocket guides and resources and special reports around networking and referrals and becoming the number one choice for what they do. And that's the Rob Brown. Dot com. And you know, one or two people listening might want to step up, Joey, and go on my uh, 90-day mentoring program. And we, we really accelerate their networking, their referrals, their, their presence, their impact. And we should have had to make a lot of money from all of this. And, you know, isn't that at the end of the day what it's all about? We've got to put food on the table. Money's not a dirty word. We, we want to get good at this and be commercially effective. And the great networkers can do that. So, yeah, it'd be great to get in touch with a few people and, and hear what you think about this stuff. So the way to get on your mentoring program, Rob, is the details of that are on your website. Well, it, it's a bit more exclusive than that, if I may say so. But, you know, let's start a relationship first. Let's have a conversation. Let's get a recommendation down to, to see that this has been valuable. Mm-hmm. Let's have a bit of a chat. And I have a breakthrough consultation, jury, which is a, a 40 minute. Uh, it's a few hundred quid. But, you know, we'll, we'll offer that to your listeners if they're so inclined. Well, we just examine whether there's a good fit or not for the mentoring. And if there is, then... I'll, I'll be happy to tell people all about it. Great. That's the end of today's show. Thanks for tuning in. And Rob, thank you very much for coming on the show. Joe, it's been a pleasure. It's nice to return some of the, the great stuff you shared with me for my audience. So uh, take it easy. Have a great day. The Online Marketing Show. Every day with Joseph Bushnell. Helping you to grow your online business by driving more traffic, improving conversion rates, increasing customer value, and getting things done fast. Listen, take action, Make money.